What's going on, everybody? This is Ballers on Tap. I'm your host, Evan Kelly, here with the co-host, KK, what it is, what it do, what it ain't. Whatever that means. We're coming at you here with uh, episode 11. Got a good one for you. We got a little recap of what's going on with the uh, MLB All-Star break. We had the Home Run Derby and All-Star Game here in the last couple of days. And then just here today, we've got some big news with NBA free agency. We felt like it was dying off a little bit. Well, uh, it didn't disappoint this week. I promise you that. So, this being Ballers on Tap, let's go ahead and jump straight into it with the On Tap section. Going to let my boy KK tell you a little bit about what we have today. All right, today is from Ter- Terrapin Beer Company in Athens, Georgia. Go dogs! I love a lot of Terrapin stuff. They got some really good stuff. This is Luau Crunkles. Says flavored with passion fruit, orange, and guava. IPA. Guava IPA. Yeah. I saw the guava and well actually I saw the luau and you know me got me on on board. <laughs> then I saw ooh passion fruit. Ooh guava. So that kind of really attracted me to it. It's six six point five percent alcohol, which you know we don't ever complain about that. No. So let's go ahead, well, let's try first this. First off, t- tell them about this can real quick. This can's pretty cool. It's really uh it's kind of trippy, really. It's, yeah, it's like you, psychedelic. You it. Yeah, it's um, it's like looks like just some flowers like in the middle of the water or something, but it's all over the place. It looks like something you'd see at a at a Grateful Dead show or like a widespread panic show. So, uh, it's terrapin, luau crunkles again, passion fruit, orange, guava. Let's uh, let's go ahead and give it a try. What's it, it smell sm- like? It smells fruity. It smells pretty good. Yeah, it smells. It smells like an IPA, but I can definitely smell like the orange in it. I think more yeah, than anything. Yeah, the orange. It's we've experienced that before having IPAs with flape different tropical flavors, but the orange I feel like always stands out the yeah. most. But before we try it, I mean, like even the one last week smelled like it was really fruity, and then it wasn't. <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> so. That Voodoo Ranger was like a little disappointing, but let's see here. All right, let's go ahead and try this. It's all right. That's <laughs> <laughs> all, all he ever says. <laughs> well, what do you think? I I really can taste that orange my my first sip not so much but my second sip I feel like I really taste the yeah, orange I'm, so I'm tasting it when you when you initially drink it it tastes almost like a blue moon or shock top like it, just like a traditional orange beer but then kind of on the back end like I, I kind of taste that passion fruit yeah. and guava it's like like you said that orange is more overpowering but kind of the aftertaste that's when I taste those other fruits but this one's definitely a fruity beer compared to the last couple we've had that were supposed to be fruity beers and uh ended up being more just bitter than it is Th- yeah so like the last couple of weeks like you said they haven't really came through with the fruitiness flavor but they, they do 
terrapin yeah. does on this one. Yeah, this has a lot of flavor to it. Like I said, main, to me at least, mainly orange, but it's like right when it hits your tongue, it's orange. But yeah. then kind of right right after, I can taste the other fruits in it. What what about you? Yeah, the the more I talk, I'm starting to feel I'm starting to get the the passion fruit really. I'm starting to really taste the passion fruit. Especially, I mean, I was on the islands about a month ago, so yeah. So, uh, I mean, your first, I don't know, my, but, my but, first sip, I was kind of down say, on but, it, but I, it's yeah. getting better. I was about to say, you're like, don't rate it yet, but yeah, that first one, huh? It's all right. Are you liking it more now than just, yeah, two seconds yeah, ago? Yeah, see, that last sip, I really tasted like passion fruit and guava. Because pas- passion fruit, orange, and guava, that's pog. And I, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of pog. I have, um, I've heard of pog, but probably a different <laughs> kind. <laughs> Yeah, well, Pog's a, a huge drink in Hawaii. You get it anywhere. They have it everywhere, oh. and it's pretty much every Hawaiian's favorite drink. Like, is it like but, fruit? Like, what is yeah, it? it's a fruit juice. Yeah, it's just juice. I mean, you, I heard it's really good at rum. I've never tried it, but... <laughs> so, like, you go out to Hawaii, you can just buy some Pog somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you buy it in the grocery store, buy it in the gas station. And that's, that's really what I'm getting now. It kind of tastes like Pog. It's actually pretty damn yeah, good. So obviously, like they did their research because I mean, yeah, that's not just a random flavor they would mix in like that. Yeah, I mean, it says. I mean, even yeah, the order it's, it's in is Pog. Yeah, and it's Luau, and, so. and it's inspired by the Hawaiian Islands. So yeah, like you said, they definitely did their research. It wasn't this throwing some stuff together, put the Hawaiian Luau on it, and call it a day. Yeah. So, but th- yeah, this is actually really good. Yeah, I'm I'm liking it a lot. Um, like I said, it's su- being here in the summer. I think I've been more for some uh, fruity ones. We did get some other suggestions this week, and then just didn't have them. Shout out to Chelsea. Uh, we're still working on your suggestion. Trust me, we're gonna have it here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, man, for a summer beer, like I'm at, like just sitting out at the pool with this, I I could drink on this all. Yeah, day. and usually. IPAs aren't really like that. IPAs are a lot heavier, and but not this one actually like, tastes really. This good. one's not too hoppy to mm-hmm. where it's yeah. bitter. That I think that's the problem with the last couple of weeks was they tried having that fruit, but it was just way more hoppy than fruity, and nothing's wrong with that. But if you're gonna try to be like a fruit beer, and not you're not being a sour, then it needs to taste fruity. So, um, as of now, I think this is my second favorite. Compared to the Dr. Robot that we had yeah, Monday was, Night's mm-hmm. Sour that they did. That was also really fruity, but it was a sour yeah. as well. Um, <clears throat> I think that was my favorite, but this is right there with it. This is actually, yeah, I, I feel like I let everybody down with that first sip. Mm-hmm. When I was like, I ate. Yeah, you but no, this is, yeah, the more I drink it, the better it gets. So we're, we're scoring this. First off, everybody, yeah, definitely here in the summer months. I mean, in Georgia, it's summer until late September. So you got a while. But while it's hot outside, go grab a Terrapin, Crunkles Luau. Go sit out at the pool or the lake and uh, enjoy some of this. So ranking it, where do you got this one at? I give this one a 9.5. 9.5 that's officially out of, out of 10 that's uh, my highest score officially the highest score that I'm giving KK I'm, I'm a lot more harsh than you are probably the highest score we'll we'll have from him <laughs> ever but uh unless we get like some 
some liquor on here, but <laughs> that's probably the highest. The Kraken. The Kraken. He'll give that a 10. But, but then I wouldn't be able to finish the show. So. 9.5. 9. All right. I'll give it. I'll probably give it like a 9. Like nine. it's not the perfect beer. No. To me, but for right now, like sitting in the heat of Georgia, this is like I could drink this all day during the summer here. So just for the season, this is perfect. I'll give it a nine. It tastes good, man. Yeah, this is good. I'm probably gonna the last couple weeks, not gonna lie, I had some <laughs> beer sitting in the fridge for a while after the show, like a week at least. Now yeah, these are these, these might are, these might are worth be drinking. gone today. So all right. Terrapin Luau. Good stuff. Nine and a quarter. Nine and a quarter. I think that's the highest one we've had. I think so. I think the Dr. Robot didn't get quite as high because it was a sour. Yeah. And we're just, we're not huge sour people, but that one was really good. All right. So moving on. Good stuff, Terrapin. Keep it up. Let's go ahead. Let's just talk about the MLB All-Star break. I mean, obviously we talked last week. The Braves were just trying to survive until the All-Star break. Um, They got there. However, they did get there. We can start talking about next week, but let's just enjoy the week off while we have it. We don't have to stress about the Braves. Let them rest. Let us rest. Uh, Let's just talk about kind of what we saw starting Monday night. We had the home run derby. We did have Freddie Freeman, the Brave, in it. Um, what, What did you see? Which we talked about it last week on the show. You asked me how he's going to do, and I was like, eh, he's not going to do that great. He did better than I thought. He hit 12 home runs. And the really cool thing that I saw, too, was that inside-out swing. Just about all his home runs home runs went left center. Mm-hmm. And he said after, he was like, I was trying to hit right center, but they just kept going left center. But he was he was up against, he was matched up against Bryce Harper, which Bryce Harper playing in his home stadium, he stole the show. And he did. Bryce Harper went on to win. He beat Kyle Schwarber at the end. And I remember I was on Twitter and I saw that the statement was Bryce Harper just took a timeout down 15 run. He only has three home runs, needs 15 like to tie. And there's two and a half minutes left. Well, sure enough, he hit 15 home runs in those two and a half minutes. And he qualified for an extra 30 seconds because their new rule, if you hit two home runs over 440 feet, you get an extra 30 seconds. That's where the home run derby, they change rules like every two years, trying yeah. to keep people interested, yeah, which I understand. It's like NBA All-Star break. Like, yeah, there's always like a new event, or yeah. the slam dunk contest gets changed every year somehow, so I get it. Yeah, so he hit the 15 home runs. It's tied at 18. Well, sure enough, on the last pitch, he hits one home run, and it's over. He finished it. I want to say he hit nine straight pitches were home runs, which is pretty incredible. I oh, mean, yeah. he got on a roll, and it was just now, I do every wanna, single one. I do want to say I'm not a big Bryce Harper fan. I mean, obviously, he's had his issues with the Braves in the past. He's been cocky, and I mean, he's been Bryce Harper. He maybe he's matured a little bit now. I don't really know, but you said that he stole the show there, and to me, that's exactly what he did. Is <clears throat> he didn't just go out there and just swing the bat trying to get some home runs? No, he put on a show for his fans in that stadium. I mean, he's rocking the sleeve, he's rocking the bandana, like he's. He's having fun with it, <clears throat> and I think you know he's Mister Make Baseball fun again. I mean, I think he really did. As much as I'm not a fan of 
of Bryce Harper, I mean, he put on a show for the fans. And, I mean, that, that was just pure entertainment, which is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, and we talked we talked about it on our first couple of shows, how baseball has kind of, they need that superstar, kind of somebody with character and charisma and somebody with that swagger. And that's what he did that, that night. I remember I was reading Colin Coward, your boy, hmm. reading his tweets. It's like, baseball needed a superstar, and they got a superstar tonight. Like He was like, this is the first time where I tuned in to the Home Run Derby and was entertained. Yeah. Other than Chris Berman, back, 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 back. <laughs> We're past that. But yeah, what he did, he went out there and put on a show for his home crown, hometown. Yeah, like you, I don't like him either. Because he plays for the Nats, and I think he's really, really cocky, but he's good for the sport. Yeah, exactly. That's Like I said, this is an all-star break. It's supposed to be entertaining. And he didn't just go down, go out there and keep his head down and swing. Like I said, he was entertaining. And that's at the end of the day, that's what the all-star break is supposed to be about. It's for entertainment. Now, can we just give two seconds to talk about his dad? <laughs> he's he's got to be on something. I don't know, man. He, and he's got that really thick beard, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's super stacked. Like, I mean, his forearms were ridiculous. His arms were huge. <laughs> he, who knows? He might be signed to a team after the All-Star break. Yeah, ain't no telling. So, if he can if he can pitch, we need him in the, in the <laughs> bullpen. Nah, he, he's probably, he's just a DH. He's just going to come in swing that bat but anyway so that that was the home run derby what about the all-star game now let's talk about i mean baseball their stakes are a little different in their all-star game compared to every other sport well you know they used to as far as the all-star game they they wanted to make it count so if american league won the all-star game the american league would have the home field advantage in the world series which made no sense yeah well, they went away with that, but the result didn't change. American League wins pretty much every year. They beat now, National League 8-6. Do you six. agree with that, that they – basically how they used to have it, where, one, you get a better all-star game because they're technically playing for something if they get to the World Series. No, I, I don't agree with it because, yeah, you might have this team who's clearly above and beyond whoever they're playing in the World Series have the – clearly the better record but now because of an all-star game which is a goof which most players you bat one time then you're done no i I don't agree with it so but american league beat the national league eight to six in 10 innings it was exciting with a record 10 home runs which another thing that's great for the fans we all love home runs chicks dig the long ball ball. yeah we we do (laughs) they do (laughs) they dig the long ball so that was that was very entertaining. That's what that's what baseball needs when it comes down to it. We they need a face of the game. Yeah, I think this is one of the more memorable years in the last few. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, usually it's kind of like a little low scoring because you got all the best pitchers in the game. But this one, everybody was hitting home runs, which everybody loves to see it. All right. Well, that was the the All Star break. So just want to touch on that a little bit. <laughs> one la- one last thing before we move on. Go for it. Manny Machado, we've been talking about it. He's on the trading block. No one knows where he's going. Well, reports are saying now there's there's a deal in place to him go to the to go to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Supposedly the deal's in place. All they're doing now is figuring out they already know which prospects they're trading, just figuring out the injury reports, pretty much working out the kinks. So probably 
play resumes tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday this weekend. I'm definitely before the weekend's over, it'll be announced that he's been traded. Do you see anybody that you think the Braves should go after? Not just, oh, we need this position, but do you have any specific players in mind that you think would fit? I mean, how we keep talking about they need to make a move, they need to make a move. Do you have anybody in mind that you think, man, that would really be a good fit? One player I really want is Brad Hand, the closer for San Diego Padres. He's a lights-out closer, and we clearly need one. I think we could add a couple kind of like little little name relief pitchers, but I I would really want Brad Hand, but I think the asking price asking price for it is a little bit too much. The Braves are at a point where like we say we probably say this every week, we're not supposed to be this good. We're not even supposed to be in this position. We're supposed to be selling at the deadline, not trying to make our team better for this postseason run. So, I think our our front office is at a point where yeah, we'll try to get these guys, but we're not going to sell out and trade our young prospects. Let, let's have our young prospects tried out. Let's let's so that, call, that let's was, call them up and let's see how they what so they can do. That was going to be my next question: Is <clears throat> do you start trading away some of these guys in your farm system to really make a run for this year? Since again, we are where we didn't think we would be, or do you say, okay, we're at this point this year? If things work out this year, that's great. But at the end of the day, we are ahead of schedule. So let's keep these guys in our farm system and really be where we think we would be in the next two, three years. This is where I'm kind of at. I'm at like, let's add a couple little pieces. Let's not like sell out for a Manny Machado, which, yeah, if you get him, man, that's, that's awesome. But then again, you might not have him next year, so you only get him for three months, but you just traded, I don't know, three of your top ten prospects. So I I think we're just at a point now. Well, hey, yeah, let's add a couple little little bullpen arms, maybe a, a utility infield or something like that. But I we would rather just kind of chill because we're not supposed to be here. And if it works out, great. But in my position right now, are we going to win a World Series? No, I, I do not think so. And I don't I don't even think if we added Manny Machado, we would win a World Series. There's still a little bit more holes that are... Because I still don't trust the starting pitching. I think we need to start another starter. Well, that's what I thought you were going to say. when you, Oh, let's bring in a, a closer. I thought, well, you keep talking about our starting pitching. So, Well, there isn't... There's not just a lot of big names out there that I think that would really benefit us bringing in because I think we I think we're we're really cheap right now we don't want to give up a lot which I I'm totally I'm totally fine with that because we have the best farm system in baseball I'm perfectly fine yes I would love to win a World Series I would love to make this postseason run but I'm perfectly fine with kind of just getting a couple little names added the bullpen letting this ride out maybe make a wild card make the playoffs but the what word am I looking for? The uh, for next year, the um, prospect, not the prospect, the uh, the potential. I, I'll just use potential. That wasn't the word I was looking for. <laughs> but I use poten- the potential for next year is so great because of these young prospects, and I think they're they're at a point like, hey, let's let's give our guys a try before we mm-hmm. trade them away and then go be great somewhere else. Yeah, so. 
I think from my point of view, I think we're so hungry for a championship in Atlanta, period, that it's tempting to say, let's trade everything away and let's secure the spot we're at now and keep going up. But I agree with you. We're already ahead of schedule. We didn't think we would be here in the first place. Trust me, I'm the first one to be tired of hearing about, oh, let's look to next year, the year after that, because we have these prospects. I talked about that our very first episode, how that's all I've been hearing these last like five, six years is, oh, this farm system. But with that being said, I do think we are trending in the right direction yeah. that now it's worth the wait. Whereas years ago when I was being told, oh, just trust the farm system, we have the farm system, we weren't trending in the right direction. We like we were going down. I mean, when we had the Uptons, like yeah, it was exciting, but we weren't a good team. And that yeah, and that and, was in that phase with our old front office. That was a phase of let's win now. Exactly. So you they they traded everybody away, brought in these names, didn't work out. So now, yeah, we've had some dry years because we've had no prospects. So now these guys are starting to develop, come up. We're I was gonna say recruiting. Yeah, we're drafting guys well. Like I said, I think if we were doing bad then I would still just be over, like, don't tell me to keep waiting. This is I'm sick of hearing about our farm system. But it's kind of weird. Now that we are trending in the right direction, it's tempting to say, let's go ahead and go for it now. But it's almost, it's like the logical part of my mind says, okay, we're, we're trending there. Now it's worth the wait. I do agree with that. Because we are doing really good this year, it's more worth the wait. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not as impatient. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely understand that. But I think what they're going to do is, I think they're going to make their huge moves in free agency in the offseason this coming year because we got tons of money to spend. I, mean, I really, I know, expect them to go after you know Manny the big, Machado. The big name. And I expect them to go after Bryce Harper. That's Everybody's talking about Bryce Harper. Yeah, I expect and them I to mean, go after both I've them. heard about the Braves being a legitimate I mean, contender for They them. are because we can offer the, him the world as far as money. Now, that would and, be a weird situation. Yeah, but uh, hey, I, I would be the first in line to hey, get a Bryce Harper jersey. I, I got <laughs> I got some crap at work the other day because he was on TV, and I was saying, man, I don't like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, and then I said, I go, but hey, if he comes to the Braves, I'll ref him. And this guy told me, man, don't be like that. <laughs> but well, it's it, Let's say Bryce Harper does, does come to the Braves. When in Atlanta right now, Atlanta sports. Who could be a marketable face as far as just in their sport? You got Atlanta Matt, Sports. Atlanta Sports. You got Matt you got Ryan. Matt and Julio. Like, Devontae is good, but he's not like a – people in the league know him, but he's not, like, going to sell. Yeah, so exactly. So out of, out of three sports franchises, right, you'd have I'll two. I'll say maybe Freddie Freeman. Maybe Freddie. And then you're going to laugh at me, but I swear, this summertime in the NBA, this is the most I've ever oh, seen Trey, the Hawks talk Trey about. Young? Trey Young. Yeah. He's got so much hype around him that, I mean, I just see stuff about him every day on the internet, yeah. not on Hawks websites, on general sporting yeah. websites, talking about Kobe Bryant just did a breakdown they video he, analyzing Trey yeah. Young Summer League. He's not doing that for the Hawks last year. <laughs> so I'm saying, so that's one guy that I think this is the most hype around the player the Hawks have drafted I in totally years, agree. probably since Marvin Williams. So... <laughs> I, I think Trey Young's a toss-up. We don't know how that's going to go one way or another, but that's a potential one. So, yeah, yeah, maybe three to four guys in the whole city. Yeah, so let's say Bryce Harper comes here. Now you have 
what could be the face of baseball. I mean, I, I think, feel like there's two faces of baseball right now. You got Mike Trout. See, I and disagree. Bryce Harper. I disagree because I feel like Mike Trout is forced upon us. I think you ask a casual person, Bryce Harper is still well known. Yeah, I feel like Mike Trout, and I I like Mike Trout, but I think he is a. They came in around the same time, and it's here's the other end of Bryce Harper and oh Mike Trout does it the right way which he does I think that's why I like him is I'm weird I'm a traditionalist and I want you to do things the right way but I'm also I definitely get that baseball needs a kick in the ass to be more entertaining to especially our generation and even the one under us so but I think Mike Trout is not the face I think he's always been kind of the counter to Bryce Harper and that's as far as it's gone, but I don't think he's ever really gotten his own foothold outside of the baseball diehards. And then it's like they almost tried again with Chris Bryant. Yeah, they they tried to do the same thing. Okay, here's the other young, exciting guy. And when's the last time you saw Chris Bryant on something? <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is, yeah, Mike Trout's good, and like baseball people know him, and even I mean sports fans kind of know who he is, but not anywhere close to Bryce Harper. I think it's funny we brought this up because there was an article released today. Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, he said Mike Trout would be an even bigger star if he would spend more time marketing himself. Oh, yeah. And he said that. And that's that's always been the difference between NBA and baseball mm-hmm. is NBA players is like the stars are in everything. They got their hand in Shoes, movies, TV, like commercials. Blake Griffin on GameFly commercials, like State Farm. NBA players are on everything. Yeah. Like baseball players, biggest endorsement I can think of was old Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard Subway. On Subway. Like that was one of the biggest, and he was a star for a while there because of that. And that's what I think baseball, Mike Trout specifically, has to get better at that. I know Mike Trout was with Subway for a little bit. <laughs> not not the same way. Yeah. But back to that, Mike Trout came out and kind of replied to those comments saying, hey, it's a long season. I got to choose which which things to do, kind of, and whoop de whoop. And I respect that. If he doesn't want to put himself out there like that, yeah. then but that's I, fine. I think he's more of a humble guy like that. He could be like, like he, a Kawhi. Like, dude, I just want to play the game and just, well, you Kawhi, know. Kawhi don't well, want to play no more. <laughs> Kawhi before this year. <laughs> You know, that's what everybody said. So, I get it. But, yeah, if the Braves got Bryce Harper, hey man, I'll trust be, I'll, me, I'll, I'll I'll be a fan. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be really I cool. will say this. I'll give him credit. I think, yeah, when he came in the league, he was 18, 19. It's been six, seven years. I do think he's matured a little bit. He's still cocky. But oh, yeah. to be the face of the league, to I mean, here we are talking about getting endorsements and all this stuff. You have to be a little cocky. Yeah, he's still yeah, brash. Character. He still rubs people the wrong way. But I think he has matured a little bit since, you know, Mr. coming and scraping his foot across our logo. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he was just rubbing people all around the league the wrong way. I think he's he's coming to his own a little bit better. But at the same time, I'm not a huge fan. But if he's on the Braves, I'll, I'll come around, I'm sure. Yeah, so to wrap this up, go Braves. Well, uh, we start Friday against the Nationals. And Bryce Harper. So let's go. Let's go. Uh, I would love to win the division. I know we're a half game back of Philly right now. So let's go win the division, get in the playoffs, 
and we'll see what happens there. See what happens. I'll, I'll, I'll take a wild card. I'll take a wild card. You get one one play in game and see Which, if you can get in. I feel like we were we were in those for a while there. I think we were in there for yeah a couple years in a row. Yeah, I remember Chipper Jones' the last game was throwing throwing bottles on the field and stuff. Wasn't that a wild card game? I, I want to say that was Chipper's last game. I think when we were Brace fans were yeah not happy. It's something with the infield fly. Rule. It was the infield really fly. I yeah. remember infield fly. They called it. Fans started throwing stuff on the field. I walked into my friend's house down at college, and he was like, "I walked in right when they were throwing stuff on the field." He's like, "I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Like fans are going crazy." So, all right, that'll wrap up our uh, our MLB All Star break, and here we are going into the second half of the season. So, of course, we're going to keep covering the Braves every week, and uh, hopefully, they'll they'll keep things up. So, let's jump straight into our hangover of the week. It is that time. I'll say it again. It's time for the hangover of the week. Hangover of the week. So again, for those of you who don't know, hangover of the week, this is a story that's given me a hangover, given me a headache listening to it or I'm just sick and tired of hearing about it you know that feeling when you have a bad hangover you just want to lay in bed and ignore everything else (laughs) that's what these stories make us want to do so my hangover and this one might last for a while because the story really just came out today on Wednesday there are rumors going around that the Atlanta Hawks are shopping Dennis Schroeder to the Thunder for Carmelo Anthony. Now, some people are happy about that. I get Carmelo is a star in the league. And I get the big news also that the Hawks got Jeremy Lin towards the end of last week. So we have Trey Young, we have Jeremy Lin, another kind of veteran point guard here in the league. It, the Hawks have made it kind of clear. They want to kind of move on from Schroeder. I mean, he's he's been a decent player, not great. He hasn't really developed like we thought he would. And I think they're ready to just kind of unload him off the roster. So, again, this is the move that's being talked about. I knew once they brought in Jeremy Lin, it, it probably meant, all right, Schroeder's definitely out of here. There, it, it was kind of a back and forth. He might be gone, he might not. Once they signed Jeremy Lin last week, that was my first thought was, all right, Schroeder's gone. So here's what's being shopped around right now. Dennis Schroeder out, Carmelo Anthony in. Now, anybody who's listened to this show knows how I feel about Carmelo. (laughs) I I talked about it last week. I've talked about it during the playoffs. I am not a fan of Carmelo. I don't think he adds any value to the team. Hell, even if he was just a good vet to have in the locker room that I thought would kind of be a good guy to lead these young players, I would say, let's go for it. You know, like a Jawan Howard. Like, he doesn't really come off the bench, but hey, he's going to be a good presence in that locker room. That's not what Carmelo is. Carmelo's never been a leader. He's a veteran, but that doesn't mean he's got any wisdom to bestow upon our young players. I think this is just a gimmick. I think people are, oh, it's a it's an outside shooter. It's a scorer. We're going to have one of the best scorers in the game coming to the Hawks. No, Carmelo's not one of the best scorers in the game anymore. He doesn't play defense. 
He's too slow because he doesn't really work out in the offseason. He's not going to add anything to the locker room. I don't see any upside of bringing in Carmelo just to get rid of Schroeder. And now on paper, yeah, that looks like a steal. But I don't see any upside of the Hawks bringing in Carmelo. I think, if anything, it would actually mess up our playing style. Because, I mean, even just watching this summer league, Trey Young likes to run around with the ball, and he's a good passer. That's what I was most impressed with watching him these last few weeks. But this is a high-tempo, move it around. Melo doesn't move it around. Melo likes to hold on the ball. He likes to be an ISO player, except he's too old and slow to really ISO anybody. So he likes to hold it ISO, but you know he's going to pull up a three. He doesn't have James Harden's footwork. <laughs> you know, He doesn't have KD's length. He's he's not what he used to be. He doesn't have that quick first step anymore. So his ISO is I'm going to hold on to the ball at the wing and shoot a three in somebody's face and see if it goes in. I think this would actually stunt our young guys. My thing about this, this is nothing to do about this has nothing to do about nothing to do with Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Much this to is, do about nothing. <laughs> this is strictly to get rid of Dennis Schroeder, which like you said especially after this sign, Jeremy Lin. I was like, yeah, he's out of here. This is strictly to get rid of Dennis Schroeder. And I've also heard if this trade happens, they'll waive Carmelo. They'll get rid of him. So could you see that happening? You think they would actually waive him? Yeah. Sign him and then just sign him off the roster? Well, yeah, my problem is is you're going to spend that money because he's owed $28 million this year. So OKC's trying to get him out of here. And now they found a... A, a suitor was like, hey, we'll take Carmelo, but we're just trying to get rid of Dennis Schroeder as far as if they're talking to OKC. See, this is strictly to get rid of Schroeder. That's all it is. Now, This has nothing to do. This isn't a stunt. This has, nothing to, this has nothing to do with Carmelo. He just happens to be the player that they're trading for. So I would, any other year, I would have your side on this. Any other year, I would think, okay, yeah, maybe they do just sign him and waive him. Yeah, it's a waste of money. Let's be real. We're probably not signing any huge names this year anyway. We'll get money for, let's save money for next offseason, right? But, you know, the bigger picture, Phillips Arena has been advertising the crap out of the fact that they are going through this major renovation this year. They're revamping Phillips Arena. The inside's supposed to be completely different. They're going to have... Killer Mike's Barbershop. They're going to have more restaurants. They're trying to make it more like you and me were just talking about it the other week. We went to the Atlanta United game at the Mercedes-Benz Dome. You go in that dome, it doesn't matter what's really going on on the field. Soccer game, football game, concert. You walk in that dome, and you know as soon as you walk in, this is an experience just being here at at this venue. This is an amazing place. That's what Phillips Arena is trying to do with their arena. They want you to walk in and just immediately go, oh man, this is something different. This is just an experience to be here. With that said, those renovations cost money. you got to fill those seats if you're the Hawks. And let's be honest, Atlanta's never had the best count, the best ticket sales. I mean, we don't get the most people in the seats. But, to me, there's two things that that bring people into games. You either have a good product on the floor, 
which let's be honest, I don't think the Hawks are going to be amazing this year. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I think this is a growing year. Like we were just talking about the Braves trending upward. I think this is going to be our year. We're, we're just now starting a real rebuild. So either a good team on the floor, like you saw LeBron went to Miami, off on a super team, those are sold out every game. Or star power. I think they keep Carmelo on, all of a sudden they have one of the the biggest stars in the game, that's going to at least fill more seats than if he wasn't there. People are going to come just to see Carmelo Anthony on the Hawks. You know, I mean, that's the Knicks for years. It was just see Carmelo. There's nobody else around him. So I think they keep Carmelo in part just to try to get some ticket sales to this newly renovated stadium because that's a bad look if you spend all this money renovating the place, but then on TV you still see three-fourths of the stadium is empty. I don't think they're not getting any return on investment like that. So I think they keep Carmelo really just as a, like a circus, like step right up, come, come see Carmelo Anthony for the Hawks, buy our tickets because we just got this renovation. So I don't think they wave Carmelo just for that reason. I don't think he's, he's a fit on the team, but at the end of the day, it's a business and they know they need to get some ticket sales to help make this renovation worth it. The one possibility I I see them not waving Carmelo is because it's twenty eight million dollars. That you pretty much just you eat that twenty eight million if you wave him. So if you're gonna pay if you're gonna have to pay that anyway, you might as well just keep him. But back to star power, I think they have enough star power in Trey Young. Like I, we talked about earlier, look at all the hype that's he's on everywhere. He's all over ESPN. Hawks are never all over ESPN. So mm-hmm. I think you have that star power. I think you can market him pretty damn good as long as he plays well because I know at the beginning the first of the season he's going to be marketable I think really he can well. but let's say this again the casual fan Hawks fans are excited about Trey Young even some NBA fans are casual about or excited about Trey Young let's say you're you're taking your girl to a game Hey, we're gonna go see this uh this really exciting rookie point guard, Trey Young. She's gonna say who? I'm sleep. Exactly. You <laughs> say, Man, let's go see Carmelo Anthony. You don't have to know anything about basketball. She'll be like, Oh, Lala's dude. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Yeah, I mean I I could definitely see yeah, he's a huge name. Even though he hadn't played well in the last last few years, but he's still a huge name. He's one of those players, I know you talk about Legends in sports, but they can go by one name. And Melo is one of those guys. Yeah, now, I'm not, not saying he's an NBA legend. Not even his name, Melo. Yeah, you could just say Melo. You got Melo, LeBron, Chipper. Like just kind of Kobe, just those names you can kind of just say that people just know who you're talking yeah. about. He's definitely a, he's definitely like huge, even, and he will, he will fill seats. You can't even say that about like Chris Paul. Like Yeah. Chris, Paul. No. You Mel- can kind of say CP3. Everybody knows Melo. Like KD. Yeah. Or... Magic, Steph, yeah, they just have those names, which got kind of weird how that works out. But I could, I could see them keeping it to fill seats because he will fill seats. Yeah, and it is a business. Like I said, if this was, if we hadn't just gone under this renovation that Phillips Arena is going through, I mean, they're advertising it on their website. My boy designed their website. Shout out. Jose, like, did the artwork for their website. Like, they are featuring that new arena. So, 
that's where I see it going. But to be honest, my hope, again, this is my hangover. I hope this fizzles out here in a couple of days. I don't I don't want to hear anything about, oh, these, these trade talks are heating up. That's going to give me a headache every time I see that story getting more and more traction. I'm hoping it's a, it's a hot take for today on Wednesday. I hope by Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it's fizzled out. Yeah. Or else I'm really going to need some Pedialyte. <laughs> Before I move on to my hangover, I actually kind of like if OKC keeps Dennis Schroeder to come off as a six-man oh, point yeah. guard. Oh, yeah. I actually really like that deal for them. Oh, yeah. And and we all know they're trying to get rid of Carmelo. So just just quick, I would, I would like that for them. That yeah, should be pretty nice. I definitely would like that. I mean, I think that'd be solid for them. He'd be like, you know, Holiday back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he learned a lot, and he was just a little quick, little young guard coming off. I mean, Schroeder's, he's still young. So I think he'd be a good fit coming off the bench. I think the Hawks just know they're ready to really revamp this franchise and he's just not the direction we're going. Yeah. No no hate towards Schroeder. I mean, I like Schroeder, but I also get sometimes you just got to, you know, break up and move on just to, you know, start a different culture. Totally agree. So, now it's time for my hangover. I'm the week. <laughs> what I'm tired of hearing about, I got to go with my NFL boys. Got to go got to go to the Steelers on this one, man. Le'Veon Bell. Another year he couldn't negotiate a contract where both sides agreed on. How many years has this been in a row now? Three. I don't mean I to cut you off, but I feel like every off season I want to hearing about Le'Veon Bell I and the say, Steelers. I want to say it's been three year, three off seasons because this is this is a second franchise tag. So my position on this is I'm with Le'Veon. I'm I'm on Le'Veon's side. The Steelers, Le'Veon wants to be paid like a top five running back. And a top five wide receiver. That's a lot of money. I think he deserves every single dollar that he asked for. I think the Steelers need to wake up and give give this man his money. Now, unfortunately, his agent came out and said, most likely, this will be his last year in a Steelers uniform. So, if Pittsburgh doesn't wake up and really pretty much give this man what he wants, they are going to lose him. They're going to lose... For me, he's a top two running back. I had him and Todd Gurley are, are way up there. For me, I I, I don't think the way Todd Gurley played this year. I don't he, think there's any argument on that. I think it's a, a big consensus around the league, around sports fans in general. Like Le'Veon's up there. He's not just another, you know, run of the mill running back. He's he's top two to three, most definitely. Yeah, so I, I'm on Le'Veon's side. I'm like. Give this man his money. One little thing that I saw our boy Skip Bayless say about this situation. He's siding with the Steelers organization. Because the Steelers are saying... It's because he doesn't like players. He likes organizations. (laughs) He's saying this is how the Steelers look at it. All right, you have this running back, Le'Veon Bell. He has been injured a little bit. Maybe he might miss like one, one game a year. But you also look at the lifespan of running backs in the NFL. We both know mm-hmm. you might get the two contracts as a running back, and that's it. You might have a rookie contract, and you might sign a four or five year deal, and you're pretty much yeah. you're almost done because all the hits, all the load that they take. So he's saying Steelers are looking at the future. It's like we're gonna give all this man all this money, 
we might get maybe two, three more and that really good years what, what out is of him. He, is he 27? I want to say he's 27. He's that's 27, old. so that's, for a running back. It's old. I say about 24, 25. That's running back's prime, typically. Yeah, so running back come, get drafted. You might sign a three-year rookie rookie deal. You ball out those three years, you might sign a four or five-year deal to get you to 30, 31. And then you're, you're, if you're not still in really good shape, which most guys aren't, look at Adrian Peterson. Look at DeMarco Murray. He just retired. Mm-hmm. 30. Yeah. Running backs fall off so hard in the lifespan in the NFL. They fall off so, like, so quickly. Now, I agree with you there. I mean, running backs are a star position. They have one of the kind of shortest lifespans. I will say Le'Veon's running style, though, is not necessarily blast through the hole and get that first step as quick as possible off the ball. And that's where I think he might be able to extend his career more still be producing up to like about 32. And then you look at it that way, okay, you could get a, a three, four, five-year deal. And, I mean, talk about his style. It's it's not just blast through the hole as soon as he gets the ball. And that was another thing I was going to bring up because he plays it different. He's really shifty. He kind of can't, can't avoid those big hits. By the way, Le'Veon Bell, he's 26. He just turned 26 in February. 26, okay. Yeah. So, he does play it different. And you also have this guy who who catches the ball like a re- receiver and runs the ball like a running back. So, he's, he's a player that the NFL really hasn't seen that much. I mean, you talk about great receiving running backs. Yeah, there's tons of them. Alvin Kamara, one. But Alvin Kamara isn't a guy who you can give it on three straight downs either. He's running the ball. Yeah, Kamara had a good year. He's not Le'Veon Bell, like established himself. He had a good year. Le'Veon Bell has been producing year over year. Yeah, because you can, uh, uh, the years that he's not suspended for smoking weed, <laughs> he's been pretty damn good. You can line up Le'Veon Bell on the outside as a receiver, and he'll win some games for you. That's just how potent of an athlete is. So all I want to say is, after saying all that, just pay the man. Because I really don't want to. I really don't want to lose him. Because he, he's going to go somewhere and get a huge contract and be a really good football player. So oh, yeah. I'm just tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing about all the negotiations that's been going on for three years. Yeah, like, you can't settle on a number. Now, I got some stuff to say about your Steelers, and we're going to get into that a little closer to the NFL season because I definitely have some some thoughts on the Steelers. But if you had to to go ahead and make a call right now, is Le'Veon Bell? Playing for the Steelers week one. Yeah. Come season. He will. He said he's going to be playing. I believe him. So you think. He'll probably. You think franchise tag going to make money this year. And then what? Gone next next offseason. I hope before he chooses to leave that Steelers give him a respectable offer. Because, yeah, he will be a free agent. So every team can offer him if they wanted to. So I'm hopefully. He said he wants to be a Steeler his entire career, so well, that's why I think he's he's pushing so hard for a deal versus the franchise because you make more money with the franchise tag. Yeah, I think he's making fifteen this year. Yeah, you make more money with that franchise tag. The downside being it's a one year deal. Mm-hmm. So whereas like LeBron take well, he'll take a one year deal all day. NFL, you know, tomorrow's not promised. So these guys want that extended contract. Exactly, and. I don't get why NFL don't have guaranteed deals. Well, I guess I do get it because 
the possibility of injury is so high. Yeah, well, and this might be a top a long topic for another day here once we get really going into NFL preseason. But there's definitely been some uh, some talk amongst NFL players. One NFL players' collective bargaining agreement is just crap. Mm-hmm. They they don't they didn't have a good bargaining agreement on their last deal. But Todd Gurley was on Cowherd show and he said it. He doesn't like these deals because all these NFL guys, they're looking at the NBA players. Yeah, seeing all the money and, they make. And now, granted, and this well, this is a discussion for another day. But there's a lot of reasons why NBA players are making way more money in terms of roster size, amount of games, length of season, lifespan of a player. But a big part of it is the NBA's collective bargaining agreement is for the players. They they have good representation and their relationships with the ownership and the league is a lot better. They they signed a much better contract. I think you'll see when it's it's time for the next round of collective bargaining agreement with the NFL players, I think you're going to see a big shift in how they're negotiating. So, I'll end it on that. I don't want to get too deep into it right now. Yeah, cuz we could go a long time but, on that. But yeah, trust me, the, NFL players, they're starting to see these super maxes with the NBA and all this guaranteed money. They're they're voicing frustration. And Gurley even like you just said, yeah. maybe the number one running back in the game just came out publicly on TV and said, I'm not happy with these contracts. I'm looking at these NBA players. That yeah. he, that was exactly how he put it. So yeah. well again, I'm I'm ready for NFL preseason, man. I'm ready to get into talking about NFL. I can't wait for I mean, here we are, dog days of summer. We got maybe another month left before we really start getting in to talking about it. But, yeah, there, there's plenty to talk about. Totally agree. So, like I said, Steelers, just pay the man. Just do it. Just just pay that money. Because, for one, maybe in a couple of years you're going to lose Big Ben, too. So, you don't want to lose both of them. He said three seasons, and that's he, it. He did, and then he also said if he's healthy. Which, the last two years he flirted with retirement, but now all of a sudden you say three years. But I don't. I don't want to get on that. But yeah, who knows? It takes takes one motorcycle crash and Big Ben's <laughs> out. You never know. Or a trip to Milledgeville. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So that's my hangover the week. Shooters just pay the man. I'm tired of hearing it. Let's do it. And that is the hangover of the week. Okay, moving on. Here again, all summer NBA is kind of position themselves to, to take over the news cycle all summer and NBA free agency is the best free agency there is again we said last week not a whole lot went on the Kawhi Leonard to uh, Los Angeles Lakers talks had kind of died down that deal never happened and didn't know if there was going to really be any big moves going forward the rest of the summer well we were dead wrong this is just breaking today. Again, we're recording on Wednesday, July 18th. It's official. I saw the story a little bit last night. Saw more talks of it this morning, and it finally became official. Kawhi Leonard is going to the Toronto Raptors. Again, you did not hear that wrong. You're not going crazy. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is going to be a Raptor. And we kind of touched on it last week that there were rumors that they were front runners front runners but even when we were saying it last week i don't know how much i believed it almost like lebron to la you could kind of see it happening 
But until you actually see him in a jersey, eh, I don't know. Well, it's official. Kawhi is a Raptor. Now, the big part is the Raptors traded away their best franchise player probably ever. A lot of people want to say Tracy McGrady or Vince Carter, but this guy is more loyal to the Raptors than either of those two. And this guy said he wanted to be a Raptor. Part of the dynamic duo up there, they traded away DeMar DeRozan. It's kind of funny you say that. I read a thing today. So, yeah, Tracy McGrady left via free agency. Vince Carter demanded a trade. Yeah, traded. Vince Carter forced his way out. Yeah, Chris Bosh left via free agency. But now you got DeMar DeRozan, who re-signs with you. Worse is I heard that just two weeks ago, he met with the front office, and they said, don't worry, you're not getting traded. And here we are two weeks later, this man's got to move down to San Antonio. It's like like you told me pre-show, Isaiah Thomas came out and said, there ain't no loyalty. It's not. I mean, Isaiah Thomas knows firsthand. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas... Thought he was going to be business. a Celtic, and now he's just bouncing all over the league, taking whatever deal he can. Yeah, $2 million. And, I mean, DeMar, to have the front office say, we're not trading you, and to say you want to be a part of this franchise, and granted, he's been up there for a long time. Him and Kyle Lowry have kind of been the dynamic duo up there. They trade him away. It's it's kind of a bad look for the Raptors to trade away this man that's been so loyal to them and has publicly stated he wants to stay there. But it's also a business, kind of what we're we've been talking about. It's it's a business. I mean, you look at the deal too, as far as what the Raptors did. You traded your best player, and who you have control over, because he's, he's dedicated you. Hell, he could probably would have retired a Raptor if all things worked out. So you trade him away. Granted, yeah, Kawhi when he was at his peak, he was top three, top four. I'll give him that. But now all this drama that's been going on for the last year. So you traded this guy who, sources have said, Kawhi has no desire with playing in Toronto. So now you traded DeMar DeRozan to get this guy Kawhi, who doesn't even want to be there, who you know is only going to be there for a year if he's going to play, because you know he's going to leave via free agency. He is. He's not going to resign there. So you did all that for this one year of Kawhi Leonard. Now... First off, he said Kawhi in his prime. Technically, we don't know if he's not in his prime. You look at Kawhi's last real game. I'm not talking about the couple of games he played at the beginning of last season before he decided to sit out. I'm talking about his playoff game against the Warriors two years ago. Your boy Zaza. And he was lighting up the Warriors at their home court. And he was prime Kawhi. He was a beast on the offensive end, beast on the defensive end, and... He was about to hand the Warriors a loss at home until, yeah, Zaza took out his feet from under him, and that's all she wrote. Now, we don't know. You said that was his prime. He might still be in that prime. I mean, I definitely think some of this injury talk has been part of partly him just wanting to sit out. And that was speculated over the season. And with him coming out this offseason and making such a big deal about wanting to get out of there, I think that kind of confirms he was sitting not just because of the injury. Now, is he going to be 100%? That's still to be seen. I don't think we're going to see a huge drop-off, though, to be honest. No, I don't think so. I 
And when I said in his prime, I mean, I just meant the years he's been playing. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's still in his prime. I mean, this man has a finals MVP already. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Kawhi, at his, if he comes back healthy, because we just don't know. For all we know, he could be 100%. And like I say, he just sat because he didn't want to play and was hiding behind the injury, which is what the Spurs kind of called him out on anyway. If he comes back, I mean, he could still be top top three guy right behind LeBron and KD. So, and the best two-way player. Yeah. So, I think it's huge for the Raptors to get him. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. And I will say, you you laughed at me pre-show, but the Raptors did get Danny Green in this as well. <laughs> and that's a, that's a solid, you know, kind of kick-out shooter. And Danny Green does add something on the defensive end. So, they still have Kyle Lowry, who... Again, I have my criticisms of Kyle Lowry, but hey, regular season, he's great. <laughs> so I think it is going to be interesting to have Kawhi and Lowry out there, Danny Green either starting or possibly coming off the bench. I mean, I think it's a good move for the Raptors, and it's a good move for San Antonio. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is solid. I think this is one of those where the Raptors really needed to change. We had just talked about how they kept getting swept by LeBron. They have not been able to beat LeBron in the playoffs. They weren't ready to take the East. I think the Celtics, even this year, would have beat them. So it's kind of one of those where you look at it. The Raptors needed a change, but it's not time for a total rebuild. They they have the pieces, but they needed a change. So here they are adding maybe the third best player in the league. I think it's a good move for them. I mean, yeah, like on paper it is, but I just keep thinking of what are you going to get out of him? And it's only for one year. He's not going to resign there. Now, you you know what they're thinking? And it's not going to happen. I agree with you. It's going to be one year because he is still saying he wants to be in L.A. Like he's been saying all offseason. So he's going to play there one year and then go to L.A. next offseason. You know what they're hoping? They're hoping it becomes a Paul George scenario where when the Pacers traded Paul George, everybody thought, that was dumb. He's going to be there one year, and he's another guy who has been saying, I want to be in L.A. But then he fell in love with the culture at the Thunder. Everybody thought he was going to L.A., and then all of a sudden it comes out, he resigned with the Thunder after his one year. So I think the Raptors see that and know, okay, it can be done. <laughs> if we put the right people around him, keep him happy, he might resign with us. Now, granted, Paul George has never been as dramatic as Kawhi was this offseason. So that's where I'd, I think it's not going to work out next offseason. But you never know. I mean, I think they're keeping hope that who knows what happens this year might turn into a contract extension next year. Yeah, but that's just best case scenario. But like you said, it can be done. Because I didn't think Paul George was going to stay. It can and be he done. Did. Now, Answer me this: Do you, I mean? Do you think DeRozan is going to be solid for the Spurs? Because again, this is brand new today, but he has not sounded happy about it. He's not happy. I mean, I know he's posted a lot of stuff about it, how unhappy he is. But I, I think he's a professional. I mean, he's going to go out there and and ball. I, I wouldn't necessarily like going to the Spurs because I think they're at they're almost at the point where they need to start rebuilding. 
Oh yeah, the, the Spurs, Spurs are. The Spurs yeah. do, and to be honest, I don't know how much longer Pop's going to be there. I yeah. think, yeah, I think the dynasty's over. I mean, they've been going since the '90s to basically now. You had David Robinson leading a team to Tim Duncan leading a team with a with the three Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu. And then they kind of started aging. And then you had Kawhi come in and got them another championship with those three as they were aging. I think this, like, 20-year run, it's got to come to an end. I don't – I mean, yeah, they're going to start having to rebuild at some point. I don't know if that rebuild is going to be with Pop and, you know, the the usual crew. Now, I think DeRozan is going to be solid for them. Part of me worries, is Pop going to rub DeRozan the wrong way? I mean, yeah, he definitely has that ability to, because seems like Pop's pretty, pretty set in his ways on how things should be done. He's he's much more like a college coach versus an NBA coach, and it's worked when he has guys that buy in. But DeRozan is coming from another organization where he liked it there, and he's going to come in already kind of pissed off that he got traded in the first place. So that's what I'm interested to see is how does he adapt to Pop's coaching style and fit into that system. I think he just uses that as far as that feeling towards the Raptors that being pissed off, just use it for motivation. Just go out there and ball out. I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah. Now, this is kind of a quick question. Do you think DeRozan is an all-star next year in the West? Because he's been an all-star every year in the East. Do you think he makes the all-star team in the West? Man, that's tough. Because, you know, you look how loaded the West is. Oh, man. I, I don't know, man. That's I don't, tough. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the same as taking, like, John Wall, putting him in the West. Oh, here's one of these kind of B-plus players for the East. They're not They're not going to be all that in the West. Yeah. Especially as a guard. They, the yeah. West is so <laughs> stacked with guards. Yeah. That I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he can. I don't know if he will. Yeah, but I, I do agree. At the end of the day, I, I do think Kawhi's only there for a year. I think he plays. I don't think he's. I mean, because he's been talking about all this sit out stuff with the with the Spurs. I, I do think he plays. I don't think he's. He said, "I just want to be out of San Antonio." Obviously, he said, "I want to be in L.A." But I don't think he's petty enough to sit out for another team. But let me ask you this. Do you think this move was really just a petty move on the Spurs' part? Do you think this was, okay, Here, here's a trade that actually works, and we'll take DeRozan and some trade picks, and I think they got one of their big men, and you guys can have Kawhi and Danny Green and this trade is is good for us, or do you think even just a little bit of this, 10% of this was, okay, Kawhi, you've caused us this much trouble. You want to be in Los Angeles? We're going to send you to the one place that's the exact opposite of Los Angeles come NBA season in the wintertime. I just think there was no way they were going to trade him to the West or trade him anywhere he wanted to go. So... As far as being petty, I think they just look for the best suitor. You, they, you really think so? You think none of it had to do with... Because, look, yeah, all these guys got condos and houses and other places during the offseason. 
but you don't think any part of it was this guy wants to be in LA so we're going to send you to Toronto which is essentially the coldest city during the season not even in the country we're going to send you to Canada and we're going to basically send you into exile as far away from LA as we can just a little bit obviously they wanted to trade that made sense but like I said, they were asking for so much from the Lakers. Here from the Toronto, yeah, they got one all-star and a draft pick. I just think they were looking for the best suitor. Or the because when it like I was saying, when it came down to it, no NBA teams could have offered. If they re, like what I think the Lakers did, it's like, okay, y'all asking for too much, whatever. We'll just sit with this one year and we're gonna sign him in free agency. Cause when it came because he's still he was a Spurs player, and he still had one year. So all the teams could have just backed off and said, nah, Spurs, y'all good, which I think the team should have. And then if you really wanted to make a pitch for him in free agency. So as far as being petty, I don't. I almost kind of think it was kind of kind of got des- desperate. Like, man, who, who does want this guy? Because you got to get something in return. You can't let this guy walk. Now, I do agree with that. I thought... I thought they were going to be stupid if they just let them sit all year and go away in free agency. I mean, I, I think you do have to get something back for them. But I think they were asking more of probably some other teams than they were of the Raptors. Of course, I mean, DeRozan's a big piece of the Raptors, so I don't want to go that far and say they didn't get anything. But I mean, they got a good return. I mean, they got DeRozan, Jacob Potal, however you say his name. And a big draft man, pick. Yeah. And, a, and a 2019 first-round draft pick. So It's solid, but... Overall, the loser of the trade, in my opinion, was Toronto. Really? Yeah, they're the, they're the loser. I disagree. So you think Spurs lost? I think Spurs lost. I don't think DeRozan's as good as people think. Well, I'm I'm not even saying DeRozan's perspective. I'm I mean, I, saying you got back something for Kawhi, who doesn't want to play for you, and you, and for Toronto's perspective, you just traded one of your your best player for this guy who might play for a year for you. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky because he might play for a year. I, I'm ninety nine percent in that he's only going to be there for a year. But would you rather get the third best player in the league and have a shot at convincing him to stay next year versus never having him at all? I mean, yeah, maybe I guess, but I don't, that's a big risk. It is a big you risk. Tra- you traded your but, best player. It's a big risk. But my thing is this is a culture change, too. It gives a shock to the system. Like I just said, let's be honest. This whole DeRozan-Lowry thing has played out. Okay? They're not going any farther than they have in the last four or five years. Even now, okay, LeBron's on in the East. Well, now you have the 76ers that are on the come up. The Celtics are on the come up. I still don't think the Raptors take over the East. Maybe last year before the Celtics became the team they did but I think yeah if LeBron hadn't been in the East two years ago okay the Raptors probably the best in the East and hell they were the number one seed in the East this year but that team had hit a ceiling they weren't going anywhere they weren't making any drastic improvements it's one of those it's almost like Portland you're you're centered around Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. You got this great one two combo, but they kind of hit their ceiling. They're not doing any better than they have been, even if they add 
another wing player or another big man, you got to kind of shake things up and make a culture change. And I think that's what Toronto was really concentrated on is, okay, this thing's played out. We got swept last year. What, what next year we make it Eastern conference finals maybe and get beat by the Celtics. I mean, I just think the Raptors were in desperate need of some kind of change. And this is a change without a rebuild. Yeah, I mean, I said this when they got swept by LeBron this year in the playoffs. I was at that point, I think it's time to break them up. But I didn't think they are going to break them up for Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> at that, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Best case scenario, like you said, Kawhi signs an extension. Yeah, best case scenario, Kawhi signs the extension. I mean, we're in agreement. He's not going to, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And I just want to see how he plays. And to be fair, I mean, the Raptors are going to throw a huge offer at him next year too. Probably more than the Lakers can because the Raptors don't have freaking LeBron James on their yeah. on their roster, you know? So I think next offseason it'll be a real tell, okay, does Kawhi really want to be in L.A.? Or does he want to be king of the north and get a huge check? Because he's not going to make that money hang, hang out with, with the Drake. Lakers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he knows who Drake is. Uh, he's probably listen- he's still listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony or something. <laughs> So, all right. So that's the big news. Uh, Kawhi is officially a Raptor. That's man. This is gonna be a weird season. If you had told I mean, me, yeah. If you had told me in like February, March. All right, man. Next year, Kawhi is gonna be in the East. LeBron's gonna be in the West. It's gonna Boogie's be. He's gonna be on the Warriors. Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I would have been like, "What are you smoking?" Yeah. But man, that I mean, that's again, NBA's taken over as the sport of the summer. Even though it's prime baseball season, the NBA has positioned itself to make free agency exciting to where their headlines capture all the sports pages over whatever's going on in the MLB. I uh, have some breaking news. I know we talked about it earlier. It's official. Manny Machado is going to the Los Angeles Dodgers for five prospects. Five prospects. Yeah, so it's official now. Prospects haven't been named yet, but it's, I mean, I guarantee you it's going to be five. Yeah. Highly ranked prospects in the Dodgers. So it was in the talks earlier. Now, yeah, now it's while we're recording this, yep. it's official. Just broke. Is a good fit? I mean, I guess. I mean, yeah, he definitely adds some firepower to that offense. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not happy about it, but I mean, you're not happy is. about it because he's not a brave. Well, not necessarily not a brave. I just I didn't want him to go to the Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers are kind of like the Yankees and Red Sox to me. They kind of just buy championships, just get players. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So, well, let's uh, kind of move on from free agency. And here we go. Manny Machado got traded. So, let's go ahead and jump right into the end of this thing. It's time for Last Call. So, Last Call. This is just something we wanted to wrap up the show with. Maybe a story that came out. Um, something we just want to touch on. Could be something outside of sports. Could be something to do with sports. Who knows? We're maybe going to talk about these uh, you know, these kids in Thailand. They just got rescued out the cave. I mean, that was a great effort by everybody all around. Kind of wanted to talk about that. Just kind of touch on it. But I'm going to move on because I did see something yesterday that kind of ticked me off. I wanted to get your input on this. So Mike Greenberg 
from ESPN used to be half of the Mike and Mike show, which was one of my favorite shows to listen to in the morning. Obviously, he's moved on. He's got a new show now called, what is it, Get Up? Get Up, yeah, yeah with and, Beetle and yeah, Jalen. The show's not that great. Um, I don't even know if Jalen's on it anymore. I never oh, see him really? on it. I never see him on it. I thought I, I thought I would like the show because I like Michelle Beetle. I like Greenberg. When I was watching it, they were, they're the constant three, and they always have a guest. Yeah. Like, and, I think they were searching for a fourth. Yeah, so this show... For some reason, just hasn't really taken off. I think it's kind of a weird. Well, it, you know what it is? It's their counter to FS1 and yeah. all FS1 got because first take ain't nothing no more. No, first takes nothing anymore. Um, I mean, you broke up Mike and Mike, which was going for like eighteen years. That was their biggest show. Was that was that ESPN or they decided to do that? That was Greenberg wanted a different take. It was it was actually a, like I kept up with it. It was an ugly kind of breakup. Oh, really? Like. Yeah, Greeny went to ESPN Executives, wanted a different show, didn't tell Golick. They'd been working together for 18 years. Man, that is kind messed of, up. Yeah, it was, it was kind of ugly there towards the end. I mean, there were reports they weren't even talking in between breaks. Like, they weren't even looking at each other. So, it's kind of weird because they were, like, good friends, and then it was just like an ugly divorce, really. And uh, so now Golick's got his show with Golick and Wingo, and yeah. I'll listen to that every now and then. And it's still it's pretty good. It's not quite Mike and Mike, but it's still a good show. I mean, I like Golick. Um and Trey Wingo, they're good. But so Greenberg has a new show with Michelle Beadle. I like each of them separately. Um for some reason this show just isn't that great. Maybe it's still trying to find its footing, but it hasn't really taken off. But I was looking at the T V the other day and uh Greenberg put out his top five SEC coaches. SEC football coaches, which obviously is near and dear to us. Like he talks about Pac-12 or whatever, <laughs> whatever the hell. I'm not. I don't care, you know. But SEC, yeah, I'm gonna pay some attention to that. And I gotta say, I didn't like what he had to say. So here are Mike Greenberg's top five SEC coaches. Number one, really, there's no arguing. Yeah, that's that's understandable. So yeah, you don't even have to look at the list. Yeah, <laughs> to know number one. Number one is Nick Saban. Now, number two is a newcomer to the SEC, but he's not a new coach. Number two is Jimbo Fisher. Then he has our man Kirby Smart down at number three. Number four, he's got Gus Malzahn. And number five, he's got Dan Mullen. So, that is Greeny's top five SEC coaches. Now, I got to say, I disagree with this. And, of course, I'm biased, and I'm going to hear, like, oh, it's because I'm a homer. And I'll admit, yeah, that's some of it. But I think this is looking at their what they've done in the past versus going into this season. Yeah. It, it's, if, you, if you say that list, he's looking at coaching resume as a career. Exactly. So, obviously... I'm going to flip Kirby Smart and Jimbo Fisher. I think Kirby showed himself last year as like really the hottest coach in the SEC. Nick's number one, and I said it during the championship game, when he pulled out his quarterback at halftime, put in, I'll let you say the name. Tua Tagovailoa. There you go. I'm not even going to try it. He put him in. Like I said, 
and you said the same thing. This is either going to not work and we win, or if this does turn out, it's going to be like, holy crap, Nick Saban's the best coach of all time. <laughs> and, of course, we know how it went. It worked out, and he beat Georgia, you know, wide receiver running down wide open. Yeah, yeah, we get, it, we get it, we get it. So, <laughs> but I'm saying, just think about the balls that takes to pull out your starting quarterback all season at halftime of the championship game and put in a backup. Yeah, I just think, could I say this, say this to all my coworkers, everybody, like, Alabama, for the first time and probably ever, and Nick Saban, had their backs against the wall. They did. They did. Like, and when would – Jalen Hurts is 21-2 and two as a starter, and you pull him? Like, it, it's a crazy, crazy move. Let's say it doesn't work. Nick Saban would get a lot of heat for that. He would have got a lot of heat. But I think he had more to win than lose. Because at the end of the day, okay, well, I still got my championships. Jalen Hurts was obviously getting his – butt kicked and I put this guy in because I thought it'd be a better matchup it didn't work out I'll take I'll take the blame for this but like I said now here we are and we said it at the exact moment it happened it's like man if this works out this puts Nick Staben in like goat status to be honest my first reaction when I saw that happening I was like I actually got scared I was like uh oh because I had heard tons of stuff about this Tua guy and how well he can sling the ball around. So I got kind of w- nervous. And then sure enough, he comes in and just he's throwing 40-yard bombs. Just I want to say his first play he threw like a 40-yard bomb. Yeah. I don't think it was complete, but it just showed it showed Georgia's like, yeah, they're they going to throw it now. We're going to have to change something up. So obviously, again, Nick Saban is number one. I'm not arguing that. But I think you got to put Kirby at number two. Going off of what he did last year, and this year is going to be even better because he's got his guys in there now. He's got his system building up that he's been recruiting. Man, I think Kirby Smart showed that he he is the hottest coach in the SEC. Nick Saban is the best coach, the most tenured coach. But I don't think you can count out Kirby Smart. Now, that means obviously moving Jimbo down to three or four, either him or Gus Malzahn. I have no problem putting him above Gus Malzahn because, I mean, he's been able to take take his teams to the promised land as well. But I don't know. That's when people are going to argue it, and I completely get the argument that, hey, man, this he's won championships, and I think that's what Greeny was going for is this guy's a, a proven winner. You got to go with him. Yeah, I just, I, just, I just think he's strictly looking at coaching resume, like, as far as as a whole. Because if you went by as far as coaching in the SEC, you can't even put Jimbo in the top five because he ain't coached a game yet. So, yeah, Kirby came out firing last year. I think he's doing a great job, and I'm praying it continues the way it has been. But Jimbo, I never really liked Jimbo. Fisher. I, I feel like he's a whiner. He complains a lot. Look how he did Florida State. Didn't tell his quarterback. Didn't tell his team. Yeah. Just dipped out. Took all that money. And I think and, next year, they're not going to be all that because he hasn't had a chance to, to start, you know, building his program. Yeah. I mean, it'll be just like how Kirby was. I mean, it takes two, three, four years to really, like, get your program going. Now, the second year, no one saw this as far as for Georgia. No. And I remember 
I was watching some coverage of the SEC media days this week, and they're pretty much saying Kirby Smart has kind of all these first-year coaches. It's put pressure on them because of what Kirby Smart did in his second year. So let's say let's say Jimber go Jimber <laughs> Jimbo goes out has an eight and four year. Okay, well we were seven and five our first year, or eight and five our first year. So our second year, you're like, well, Kirby Smart did in his second year. Why can't you? So there's a lot of pressure on these new coaches in the oh, SEC yeah. and all around the country because of what Kirby Smart did. But I will give Jimbo – I mean, that's a great job to have. He's got the state of Texas, where they have tons of athletes. Yeah, he Te- doesn't He doesn't even have to travel to recruit. No, he don't. And Texas A&M, they have somewhat of a brand, so he'll be able to – Yeah, And man, Jim, Jimbo, yeah. I mean, he's a quarterback yeah. guru. Johnny Manziel put A&M on the spot to where players want to go there. Yeah. But one of the another reasons why I just don't really like Jimbo Fisher is the whole Jameis Winston thing. I feel like he got away with so much stuff and he never got in trouble for it. Well, yeah, Jimbo's he's like the opposite of Mark Rick. Like <laughs> yeah. like Rick will punish you before anybody else gets to hear about it. Yeah. You could you could be playing the national championship game, Mark Rick will still suspend you for that game. Yeah. Jimbo was a player, a big game coming up. And we'll let it slide. Cause I know the Jameis Winston thing. I want to say Florida State was about to play Clemson and that I think Friday night, the day before the game, the news broke that he stood up in the student rotunda. And yelled some stuff. Yeah, yelled that. But, no, we're still investigating. So, of course, you're investigating. You yeah. ain't going to find out what happened the next day. So, I just think he's kind of kind of slick like that. So, would you, on this list, Nick Saban, Jimbo, Kirby, Gus Malzahn, Dan Mullen, would you just slip Jimbo and Kirby? Would you keep Jimbo above Gus? I mean, if we're looking at total like coaching resume – I mean, I'd probably put, I'd probably keep Jimbo at two, because he has won a title and he had some really good years at Florida State. But this SEC boy, this is a whole other yeah. story. And you're in the I, SEC I was, West. I was about to say, to be honest, I don't know how he's gonna be able to coach. Now, to be fair, and like we're SEC guys, both of us. To be fair, the ACC has been strong. Oh yeah, here the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I totally As, agree. SEC hasn't hasn't been a cakewalk. I mean, they, they've really stepped their game up. I don't think, what was it, the other year, they, they won more bowl games than the SEC did. Yeah. So, I mean, the ACC hasn't been a cakewalk, but now here, him coming in to the SEC regular season, obviously he knows what to expect, but is he really going to be ready to coach against this kind of talent week in, week out? Yeah, I mean, you got to think for him playing in the West, he's got to play Alabama, LSU, Auburn every year. Yeah. And Mississippi State ain't no joke either. No. You got to play Mississippi State. So, it's, a, it's tough for him. But back to Greeny's list, if he's just looking at total like career coaching, then yeah, I'd put Jimbo at two. But don't don't talk that mess thinking he's the he's just gonna be the second best coach in the SEC. So you're saying so you're saying you agree with this. Greeny's top five SEC head coaches, you're agreeing with his list, but not necessarily agreeing with where these teams are gonna be. Yeah, I can agree with that. But I don't know if he's making the inference as far as Texas A&M is going to be the second best team in the SEC because you can have a great coach, you just not have a great year. I mean, yeah, I don't think he is. I, I think he's saying the top five head coaches, but I think where the the breakdown is, you're talking about coaching resume. I'm talking about what are these coaches doing going into the season. I'm not necessarily saying is their team going to be that great, but I'm going to say what is this coach? How is he able to prepare his team? going into this season. And, I mean, I'm – I don't know. Like, just, again, Jimbo not being in the SEC at all, 
it is a little different ball game. I mean, I'd be, I think him and Gus would almost be head and head. Yeah. Like Gus isn't stupid. Like he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. He is. He, so yeah, I think in terms of like who's hot, and let's be let's be real. You get older, you get a little less invested. I mean, Nick Saban's <laughs> getting up there, but he's still Nick Saban. But some of these coaches, I mean, they get older. You know, Spurrier, he would have been in the SEC all his life if he could have. He he lost it for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. Or I messed that up. What Spur? Yeah, Spurrier. I mean, he ended up at South Carolina, but. Yeah. I'm saying he he wasn't at his powerhouse. I mean, he walked away half, halfway through the year, so. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I don't know if Jimbo's going to be ready for it. These other guys are used to it. I, I think, yeah, like you said, resume, keep it like it is. But in terms of mentality going into the season and mental toughness and knowing what to expect and being able to get your players fired up and implement the system, I don't agree with this list. Yeah, if you so if you go by that as far as implementing the system, all the stuff you just said, I'd put him at four. I put Gus at three. See, and that's kind of where I'm leaning. And yeah. it, again, I get it's stupid because yeah, this man's won championships and he's had success in the past, and he's a good coach. I'm not gonna say he's a bad coach. I'm not that dumb, but yeah, in terms of like their ability to get their teams ready for for their next season, I'm not even saying the best teams of the season. I'm just saying being able to really come in and, and step that team up, I would put him either right even or right below Gus. You know what's so fun about talking about this? We don't know. Yeah, we don't. And we're going to wait and, and we're going to see and to be honest, and watch football. I'm, yeah, so you talk about the states with the biggest prospects for college football, like the biggest high school players. It usually comes down to California, Texas, Florida, and then usually Georgia. Yep. So, I'm kind of interested. Jimbo has been able to get these Florida players. But I'm not going to lie. I think Texas is a different environment. You ha- you have probably a bigger talent pool. But I'm interested to see how Jimbo fits in just with the general culture over there at Texas A&M mm-hmm. versus Florida State. Florida State, I mean, you've seen the 30 for 30s. The like Florida State's always been kind of a little softer like yeah. Miami was the tough, yeah, they were flashy, but they were the tough school, and you know they make fun of like mm-hmm. Deion Sanders with the chain and like singing songs and stuff. Florida State's never been like that tough team, even with Jameis and Devonte Freeman. I mean, they've never been like that hard hitting team. You know, grind it out. I think Texas in general is just a little different culture than coaching down in Florida, and I'm kind of. I'm probably looking too much into it, but I'm interested to see how Jimbo fits in with with the general culture over there versus being down in Florida. I mean, I could definitely see your point because it is a different culture. Like, I think, like, again, like, I think Kirby going from Alabama to Georgia, that's not a big difference. Where You're recruiting the same Alabama is basically West Georgia. (laughs) That's what it is. So there's not a huge difference in, like, culture. Like, these high school kids, I mean, a a lot of them are doing the same kind of stuff. Like they're in the same things. You talk to them the same way. I don't know how it's going to be going from Florida to Texas. I agree. But like I said, the best thing about this is we don't know and we cannot wait to find out how it's going to work out. Yeah. So if anything, this just gives us something to look forward to. SEC is getting a little shake up. I will say, I mean, I'm glad to have another 
good head coach in the SEC. This is just going to make it just all that much more exciting. Makes the conference a lot better. Yeah, it's so much better. So I want to say it's like forty-five days to the first college game. So hey, man, that sounds about right. That'd be like right at the beginning of so September. About four more broadcasts, and we'll be talking about yeah the opening week. I'm ready. Yeah, I think we're going to have to extend the show to like three hours. So, <laughs> Especially, man, this football season is going to be dangerous because, I mean, you got NFL and NCAA going on at the same time. Whew. No shortage of things to talk about there. Yeah. So, All right. Well, that was fun to talk about. I could, I could do that all day going back and forth on that. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. KK, any last words? Anything you guys say? Just want to say we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Follow us at Ballers on Tap. Also on the Apple Podcast app, at Ballers on Tap. Listen to us, subscribe to us. And for you guys, for your Android users, hit us up on Stitcher, Ballers on Tap. Hit us up, man, on Twitter. We're always checking the Twitter, always keeping the feeds, always checking the new, the newest sports, sports news. Hit us up with a beer you want us to try. I know Chelsea... Mm-hmm. Suggested a yeah. beer this week. We, got we, will, we will find that beer. We got two suggestions right now. Chelsea threw one out there, and Brandon threw one out there. So, got to find what he was looking for as well. What he threw out there? I got gotcha. you. It was, you know, <laughs> you know how Snapchat is. That thing disappears quick. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to send a text now. So, But, yeah, y'all keep, keep letting us know what to try, and uh, we're definitely going to try to find some of those. So, like, like you said, iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, you can always go to www.ballersontap.com as well. Find us. Again, anything you want to get off your chest, speak now, forever hold your peace. Forever hold my peace. Forever holding <laughs> this peace. All right, guys. Well, that's it for us. This has been Ballers on Tap.